Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. WTIC's Computer Talk with Tab is brought to you by GoNetSpeed, your choice for crazy fast fiber internet. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. I can't hear myself. Do you hear it now? There we go. 11 o'clock, taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. Dennis is Dennis Halnon, one of the engineers and owners at Tab Computer Systems. Owner! Yes, we're all owners now. Uh, he comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So feel free to get online. The 9 o'clock hour is easier than the 10. Uh, you guys all seem to sleep in, which I don't blame you. <laughs> but Especially this morning. We got, you got two pasty white computer geeks here in the studio that are looking to help you out. So feel free to get online, and we'll do our best. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. So... Dennis, what do you got for news? Anything good you want to talk about? Well, we have a Connecticut company yes, that was hosting websites mainly for school districts. Yes. Only they weren't hosting them. Not really. And guess what happened? They all went down because malefactors, malefactors. took over <laughs> took over control of them. Right. Um and I guess are they back up and running at this point? I think they're coming they're Pretty much back up, but they okay. were down for a good four days, I guess. Yeah, and um, I have a, cur- a Heart for Current article about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it we'll put a link to it. Yeah, we'll put a link up to it. It doesn't really say what happened exactly. Well, they they did admit some sort of ransomware occurred. Right, there was a ransomware involved, Attacked. and they didn't say exactly how they got whoever it was, got into their systems. Right. But I believe you did a little checking. Well, I've tried to do some checking on this. I was on with Brian and company uh, to talk about it as well, because Brian and company had William Tong on, our, our attorney general. And I, I thought the angle for that was going to be, you know, these websites promise the world and don't deliver it. And is there going to be a consequence to these outages? It wasn't one website that went down. It was like three, four, them. five thousand Thousands. websites. Yeah. And if you go to their, if you go to Final Sites, their website, they talk about, you know, you can be worry free because we don't even host your site. We put it on the Google, on the Google Cloud. And Google Cloud does things like promise immediate recovery. Well, really? I guess maybe if, if you maybe had to reload one page, you could do that immediately. But a 
5,000 sites. Doesn't seem to be immediate over four days to me. Yeah, not unless the dictionary definition of immediate changed since I right. it's more last like, read it. I was thinking about it. It's more like when I asked my, my kids to clean their room, they said they would do it, and I asked them to do it immediately. And four or five days later, that's that was immediate to them. <laughs> so that's kind of where we were. And Google, you know, they, they, on their own website, they talk about, we don't host a site. You know, you can be worry-free because we put it on the Google Cloud. And, you know, you look at the, you look at the scenarios of why, you know, you, they're putting it on the Google Cloud best in class. And, you know, they talk about things like, well, Google locks the, the data center. You know, they, they have locks. They have all security. <laughs> well, what does that do? It didn't do anything, right? I mean, yeah. okay. I mean, we, I lock my doors too. But if you're coming in with a, a sledgehammer, you're coming in. Yeah. Um, so the question to your point is, what happened? Right. Right. So what kind of... It's it's a failure of imagination to understand what happened. Either, either somebody um, that was accessing the Google system that housed all these sites from within Final Sight possibly was compromised. The account was compromised, right? And they got access and did their nefarious deeds. Mm-hmm. They maybe paid somebody on the inside to say, "Hey, give me your password. Can I go in there and I'll give you ten grand?" Because you know I'm going to give you access, and so you find somebody in, in, on the inside to compromise. Yeah, that happens all the time. Social engineering occurs where the person gets tricked into thinking, "Oh, you're the president of the company. I'll let you in." Right, or um, they get an somebody gets an email that there's a problem with the hosting. Log in to fix it. Right. Only you're not going to the real site. You're going to and yeah. you're giving the credentials. Right. Um, there's so many things that could have occurred here, but the point is this: the cloud promises. Instant recovery and instant elasticity and instant ability to, to keep you up and running. And the people who purchase the cloud service are sold this bill of goods. Right. And again, I thought William Tong was going to be like, I'm tired of this, this garbage. We're going to do something about it. Well, this kind of segues into my article. Yes. The UK, they have UK regulators to scrutinize cloud resilience in response to financial services sector's reliance on the fluffy stuff, which is how they describe <laughs> the, it. The, cloud. <laughs> the Bank of England, the watchdog, seeks more oversight into critical third parties. Eyes up outages and cyber attacks. Exactly. So the, if you've listened to the show at all for the past, I don't know, 15 years when the cloud became something, yeah. we've been saying this. It's just somebody else's servers. And I don't know how many outages you really need to, to, to see before you're like, hey, wait a minute. From the Kronos outage where you've got... You know, fire departments and folks whining about the fact that they don't know if, if Bob's scheduled to be on call or not. It's a it's a life or death thing. Well, look, fire department, you may want to use some paper, too, because the cloud goes down yes. from Electa, who went down just a little while back to provide you know services to cancer doctors. They couldn't they couldn't actually do the work. Right. And then you know, what are they going to do? They ran out servers to the cancer doctors to get them back up and running. How crazy is that? So is the cloud regulators here in the U.K., are wondering, hey, wait a minute, we're looking at all these folks going to you know, five or six providers, Google is one of them as well, and they need to really get some more operational oversight to make sure that they are actually going to be up and running and not go down the way they've been going down. Right. 5,000 sites going down at the same time is a big problem. It's a huge problem. And it seems to me that a lot of, a lot of the cloud hosting providers – Talk a good game, but when push comes to shove and something actually happens, they're not able to recover the data as quickly as they should. The operations. And yeah. and it's not even, I mean, Final Sight is depending on Google probably to do that for them. Well, they, they were sold the same bill of probably, goods. Right. They've been sold a bill of goods. They probably never went through a recovery process. Well, it yeah. is possible to emulate 
your Outages. site crashing right. and then go through the process of recovering it. How come that never occurred? Right. I don't know how many times you know you get a warning from your paycheck provider saying, hey, we're on a system maintenance is going to occur. Well, yeah. they could have done that, right? They could have said, all right, let's do a bring an outage, you know, some evening at like, you know, three in the morning. Yes. Bring down all 5,000 sites and say, how long is it going to take to come back up and running? But Joey, you want to say something? Joey wants to chime in. Well, I had one of those text messages yesterday from Amazon to confirm my order. Yeah. Now, if you've ever ordered anything from Amazon in the past, which most people I'm sure have, they've yeah. never texted me in the past to confirm an order. Right. I'm like, no, block is spam. So you get another phishing attack where yeah. they want you to confirm and you'd enter your credentials yeah. and now they're Joey and now they're going to go ahead and order whatever they want on Joey's account. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that's a, it's called smishing. I think yeah. it's called a smishing attack. Smishing. A lot of it's, I mean, unfortunately, common sense. Right. But people question that a lot of times. You're right. So I mean, however, whatever happened to you know the final sites folks, whoever, the, however they got in and had the ransomware hit the Google servers, you know, we'll we'll probably never know. I mean, the FBI might know because they're probably involved in figuring it out. Google's probably working really hard to, you know, get back to their worry-free status. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we'll put a link to here of what the UK is doing, and we've we found yeah. that, that you know the, it turns out the Europeans seem to be way ahead of us they, in well, privacy and well, all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean uh, the EU, which the UK is no longer part of, but they've right. had GDPR for what a few years now, mm-hmm. and that's way ahead of anything that's happening here in the states. Yeah. Yeah. And. So. You know, we got to start thinking this way. We do. I'll really? put the link up here. You can look at what they're doing. And so, what else would you also want to bring up there, Dennis? Oh, uh, here's one of the things that really tweaks me. Mm-hmm. When you get toner cartridge, yeah, and you put it into your printer, and right. it doesn't work because it thinks it's not a genuine toner cartridge, right? And you can't use the printer. Nope. You can't even use the scanner because the whole thing deactivates right. because you need, it think you it thinks you put a counterfeit right. cartridge, and it's in. like magenta is out, and now you can't yeah. pl- you can't print in black anymore, and you can't even scan. Yeah. Now it turns out that Canon yep. is having trouble getting chips mm-hmm. that they put into the cartridges that tell the printers that it's genuine. Mm-hmm. So what's happened is a lot of people have been buying cartridges, putting them in. Right. The printer tells them it's not a genuine cartridge. Right. And what does Canon do? I know it. They, they turn around <laughs> and tell everybody how to make an end run around their own DRM. I love it. Right. They put in this whole protocol mm-hmm. to prevent counterfeiting. Right. And now they have to tell customers how to work around it. And I'm I'm even thinking, did they violate the DMCA just by doing that? Mm, I don't know. Probably don't know. not. Probably it's not. Their it's own, their own product. It's their own, uh, yeah, it's their own control. Cats so and dogs living can. together. It's crazy. That's <laughs> but, what we're dealing with. I mean, I, it just does my heart good to yeah. see that they've been forced to face the music yeah. and ma- on these schemes. Any manufacturer has this thing, the same yeah. scenario. It's not just Canon. HP does the oh, same they thing. All do. They all do it. Even Brother. Yeah. And if you want to you know, save a few bucks, however, sometimes you get something that's too cheap and it causes problems in the machine. But toner is toner is toner as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Um, but we'll put a link up there to see so you can go ahead and figure out how to defeat your, your Canon copiers. <laughs> <laughs> Prevention of counterfeit... Uh, of counterfeit uh, toner cartridges. Anything else we want to bring up before we go to our first break? Well, we've got, uh, well, along the lines of privacy and uh, legal policy in the United yeah. States, yeah. there is a 
proposed legis- there's proposed legislation in Congress mm-hmm. that would force companies to provide a, a simple, plain language translation of their terms of service. The EULA. Right. So when you sign up for Netflix and you've got, you know, 20 pages of legalese that you're mm-hmm. technically agreeing to, right. uh, this bill would force Netflix or whoever to provide a simple, short explanation of what those terms are. Written in eighth grade level. Yes. Reading. And... And, you know, it's about time we had something like that. Yeah. And it's wonderful that they're doing it. I just hope that these companies actually make it easy to get these, these little translations. Well, even that cookie might... warning that comes up when you when you go ahead and look at the cookie warning and you try to figure out which cookies you want to allow or not. I mean, I don't want to allow any of them. I use the Brave browser now. Um, but, you know, that's going to be a, a thing where it's going to say, like, so, so here's your explanation. And the bottom line is going to say, no service for you if you don't agree to it anyways. Yes. So at least you'll know what you're agreeing to versus not knowing. Um, but you're still going to you're still going to click yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, you have to in order to use the service. Right. But at least there's something. Yes. That kind of gives you an idea of what you might be walking into. So that's that's a proposal. It's not coming. It's a propo- it's proposed legislation. All right. So we'll yeah. see when that happens. And it has uh, sponsors in both the House and the Senate. It seems like something everyone can helps agree a on. little bit. Yes. Yeah, it is. It, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Very good. All right. We're going to step out for a quick break. We're going to get all these things posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. We are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. So if you want to check that out and post any questions there as well, we'll do our best to help you out, bring them up. But we're going to step out for a quick break. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we are here till 11 o'clock. So feel free to get online. I know it's chilly out there, so you're not outside. Uh, you can <laughs> cuddle up with your computer, and I'm sure if uh, you're using Norton 365 LifeLock and the crypto miner's cranking, it's going to keep you nice and warm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It'll keep you nice and warm and cozy. Uh, we can talk about that story, too, if you haven't heard about it. But let's get to your calls. We're going to go to, right to uh, Sandy in Lebanon first. What's happening, Sandy? Hey, Eric. Good morning. Morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a question. So I'm a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. I live in Connecticut. And I see my address, my name, including my middle initial, uh, initial uh, my address, including my street number, right. et cetera, on Google search. So it's like, hey, I know it's Google. They're huge. They're bigger than life, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So then I tried some places had it has an opt-out when I plug in my name, and I could go and say, hey, remove my information or whatever, fill up the form. But now I still see some information. And one place, it's called opengovus.com. OpenGov? Yeah, what is yeah. that? Is that a Connecticut company? Uh, I don't know what that is. We can look it up real quick. I'm sure Dennis is doing that right now. But, yeah. um, you know, your your information is, you know, your address is kind of public. It's kind of hard yeah. not to hide it. Um, but OpenGov sounds just like, you know, it could be just a register, you know, it could be just for voter registration rolls. Uh, yeah. It looks like OpenGov is a provider of IT services to government agencies and, and jurisdictions. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, you're right. And it says Connecticut license. So I have a Connecticut nurse's license, right? Yeah. So They want to look uh, you up, Sandy, to make sure it's valid. Uh, yeah, well, guess what? Mm. I'm, 
I just quit my job a oh. little while ago because uh, I don't want to deal with what's going on, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's fair enough. A few years, right? I've yeah. done, done my time. Okay. So. You want to get off that it, site? Huh? You want to get off that site? You may have to, re- yeah, you may have to re- and I reach out to them. I email them and I send, I mean, I can't call them. There's no number. Why does the state of Connecticut have me an inactive nurse because they don't allow you to just pull out your license? Right. Why are they still putting my information or making it available? I am so annoyed with this. I can tell. So there's two things, right? I can see why they may want to know if there's any, un, you know, inactive folks like you because in an emergency situation they might ask you or beg you or plead with you to come back and help out right as they did i don't think so because when the pandemic started i emailed them and asked them if they need me to give some vaccine they never answered me well we're not going to say that the government's going to do very well at that but that might i'm just (laughs) telling you you asked why i mean actually execution come on you saw the if you saw the home kits delivered that didn't go so well i I mean you really don't need too many examples so yeah, I would tell you to re- yeah, yeah. reach out to like the you know if you want the, you could again the attorney general's office folks like that or or consumer protection they might have a way for you to try to get these folks to get you off a list if you want to get it off but maybe not there might be a requirement that you filled out as the nurse that says we the government now have your information forever and you know <laughs> right I mean who knows what you, you signed up for you, you so, are yeah. so correct we own you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, but I think Google does have some level of right to be forgotten, right? Is that something they that, they do level? have a way of asking you to remove to be removed? Right. Yeah. If you if you move to the UK, you'll have more power to do that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or the EU. EU. I keep saying UK. EU is what I really mean to say. So, Sandy, I'm sorry we weren't able to fully give you the ability to get out, but you're going to have to do some work there. I think. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Hang on, Sandy. I got a hard break. You want to hold on? Yeah, of course. All right, we'll put you on hold. We'll be right back. Well, you know, I was, we'll bring back our uh, our caller here, Sandy, and see what she's got cooking again. So you kind of heard, Sandy, how if you really yeah, want to opt out. I, I think you aimed that at me, right? Ma'am, I thought it was a very good story you should probably hear. So if you want to yeah. get off get off Google, yeah. if you don't want to do Google anymore, as our vice president does, you, have to, you can go to the hinterlands and to the box. I hear you. So what's up? What else did you want to ask about? So, Eric... Yes. So, um, so um, I, I think, of course, all of these websites that post your information, of course, it's an income generator. Bef- like 10 years ago, you couldn't find as much. Now you're like, hey, you're like all over the place. However, the state and, the, you know, from what you said, I'll contact the uh, attorney general and, yeah. and state rep and even the the governor office and of course no help there but i'll ask them to see why is it that somebody who has a license has to have their address in depth in detail including their house number could they just put the town if they want to i mean it just seems Mm -hmm. like they don't need to put all that the state knows where you are they know where i am they know where eric summer was they know where everybody is if you live in the state of connecticut they don't need to publish your in this date of people threatening you Mm -hmm. threatening your family you don't need all of that Mm -hmm. so i am going to do that part all right keep us posted keep us posted let us know how that goes for you yeah, and if you have any information, could you occasionally update? I do enjoy yeah. listening to you. Sure, we'll do that. We'll do that, Sandy. Thank you very much. All right, hon. All right. Have a nice day. Yeah, you too. You. All right, bye-bye. Bye. So Sandy wants to get some privacy from the Google, and we'll see how that 
happens, and maybe the state can help out. Feel free to get online. We're here till 11 o'clock, 800-966-WTIC. 522-WTIC are the numbers. Um, so right now, the first, the first we have four lines wide open. I also want to quickly bring up, I guess, our resident groupie, Danny, may not be with us anymore, and I just want to say, you know, we, we're going to miss him, and it was a great caller. It was fun to have oh. him on. And I, it's anecdotal. I, I assume it's correct information. So I just wanted to say, you know, we're, we're thinking about you, Danny, and you know, hopefully you're able to rest in peace. Yeah, always, always fun to listen to when he, he when he was on. So he, was. he always yeah. gave me a nice hard time. <laughs> All right. So as we're uh, continuing on, let's go on with some news here. As we wait for some calls, the phone is ringing there, Joey. I know I know the ringer doesn't work in there. <laughs> go ahead. Well, we have a, a little problem out in Texas in some of the big cities. Oh boy. You know how they have parking meters that yeah. you can actually pay right there with your smartphone, right? Yeah, we got to make sure the, the towns get their money. Yeah, to, they get their yeah. money, but you get you get have being able to just pay the the you know the amount that the parking meter wants, right? Without having to walk around with change, shove yeah. it in, you're done. You Very park, convenient. you walk away. It's yeah. cool, right? Yeah, right. Well, Uh-oh. there's a little tiny problem in some of these cities. Oh boy, somebody has been putting up QR codes on these parking meter kiosks. Covering the QR code that's already there. Well, actually, in some cases, there isn't one that's already there. They're better. just sticking it right on in Perfect. addition to whatever markings are there. Yeah, cause, cause, and, yeah. and they're scammers, and people are using these QR codes to sign up and pay somebody. Somebody else. Yeah, whoever else yeah, with their credit card, so they're giving them all the credit right. card information. So on now, top of that. now you've compromised your bank account potentially, depending on how you're paying. Oh, right, right. And uh, it's getting to be a problem. It's happening in Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. Just and assume it can happen anywhere because it's easy to do, right? You can easily create an app, and it's yeah. there for you. I mean, Google Store and the Apple Store have issues with being. You know, they don't know if their parking app is legit or well, not. It, it's possible that the QR code might invoke an app that already exists that's bona fide, like Venmo. It could and be. It could be sending them. A, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm just guessing yeah. at this. You, you need to have a lot of imagination. The story that I've got doesn't really go into that. Although there is a website domain mm-hmm. that ends in the infamous XYZ top-level domain. Okay. And we always know that that's just begging for trouble yeah. um at any rate the city of austin has said they don't use qr codes themselves right. for this very reason they can be faked so they need to so, put a sign on all of their things to say don't follow don't, any qr codes don't you might use find QR on our codes signs. use the actual kiosk please thank you aye, aye, aye. and i'm i mean it's great that we have this convenience, but the bad guys are out there and yep. they're constantly one step ahead. Oh yeah, I'm down in Florida using those types of things, and there's a you know the parking meters right there, and it tells you to take a picture of it, and you get the app, and you get it on there, and you get all your stuff all under your arms. You got all the chairs, you got the kids banging on you, and you're like, okay, I'll put it in there. You don't know what you're putting in, so yeah, always be wary. And then of course these poor people are going to get a parking ticket on top of it, even though they paid. Right. <laughs> Right, they paid somebody and they trashed their credit card or something. Right. And then they got a parking fine, too. There you go. Technology is here to help. Let's go to Sal in Enfield next. What's happening, Sal? Hi, guys. Hey, long-time listener. Oh, thanks. Still not a computer geek, but um, I've learned from you guys. Great. I've talked to you guys about uh, fiber before because I noticed in Enfield that they were putting in fiber. Yeah. So, and so now I get a thing from Frontier. Okay, Frontier Fiber Optic, mm-hmm. 
All right. So right now, my wife and I, we have Frontier with Internet and the landline. Yeah. And we pay, we got this double play thing with Internet power, digital voice, $75. Long story short, total of $95 a month. Wow. What's your okay. speed? What's your speed for 95 bucks a month? So, How do you know that? Uh, do, do Go to www.speedtest.net. Okay. And that'll give you your download speed and your upload speed. So you're spending $95 for what? And why do you have a landline? I don't know. Just old school. So we were just talking about that this morning. So Good. Get rid of it. Just looking at the, you know, the amount of action on here, we have like 17 calls with the landline. So, yeah. All right. So long story short with this thing here. So they got this thing going on, $59.99 mm-hmm. per month for 36 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, wired speed 940-880 megabytes, mega whatever. Oh, that's practically a gig speed. Yeah. That's not too shabby. Okay. So it's a one-year agreement, an early termination fee apply, Wi-Fi actual and average speeds vary. It's a three-year price guarantee. Yep. Then it says something about an Eero Pro 6. um, Right, for your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Then they give you a $200 uh, Visa card. So... Well, be careful on that. I've seen some things on the old Facebooks about that. You need to make sure you keep your email open because that, that... that card won't come to you for 100 days. So, right. And if you miss it, you're not going to get it. So pay attention okay. to your email. But so here's the snag, right? Yep. Um, you're going to be buying a gigabit connection for your home. And if I bet you, if you do your speed test now, you're probably getting 20 megabits. So 20 versus 1,000 is probably the difference here. Okay. It's unnecessary, right? So you, you want to ask for the lower speed because when that, when that contract changes... And they say, oh, well, you're paying, you're getting a gigabit there, Sal. Here's why it's $300, whatever it's going to be, right? They're going to base it off the bandwidth you went with. So you want to, you can lower your bandwidth very comfortably and won't even know the difference to, you know, 250, 100. I mean, how many people are in your home? Uh, well, I mean, there, there may be like three or four that, that, that are on, you know. Right. Are they happy call. with your speed now, those three or four? I mean, I don't really see a big problem. I mean, you okay. know, because I, I do quite a few things with, uh, with with uh, I'm a justice of the peace, so I do ceremonies and have a lot of stuff out there. Sure. So uh, if, if you did a speed test then, Sal, and your speed test came back at around 100 megabits, the fiber is a better solution? Yep. And if you could get them to give you a $25 or something you know, reflective of a smaller bandwidth so that when, when the deal ends, you're not whacked with a big bill, which I'm not going to hold my breath that you're going to get the same price. I suspect it's going to go up a bit. Probably no, yeah, probably noticeable. you almost have to. Yeah. Okay, so so what's what's a good speed to you know that that we like if I did it now? What's a good speed that like an average so that I could like just say okay, this is what I want. Well, that's why I asked you if you're happy now. Do a speed test to see what you got now. Okay. And if you're getting X, you know, ask them for a multiple of you know fifty percent or even a hundred percent of what you have now and see what that price is. Okay. Because if they don't give you that option, ask them then what the after three years what it's going to cost you to be at a thousand. I don't even know if they have to disclose that, but that's kind of what you need to know, right? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I know you guys are big on go net speed, and, and it's like, all right, I even tried to 
push it forward a little bit on you know the forums over here in, in yeah. town, but whatever. If they're not there yet and they're not in your area, I understand why you'd want to go to Fiber's a way to go, and the price is yeah. right. It's just watch out for that three-year expiration. The great thing about GoNetSpeed is their prices for life. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hitch that could get you with Frontier. I mean, you pay a great price for great service, right? But then three years from now, when that price is up, what are you going to pay? You don't necessarily know. All right. All right. Well, hey, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate the info. You're welcome, Sal. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. And they're kind of banking on the fact that the customer is going to be like, well, geez, I don't want to lower my speeds. That doesn't sound right. I don't want to lower it and you know, after three years to lower the price. It's, it's a mental game with it because, again, a 1,000 megabit connection for a home. That's overkill. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely overkill. It's massive overkill. You're, paying, you're going to end up paying way too much. So it's great for a business if you can get a business one. Yes. But, not so good for home. All right, uh, continue on, Joey. Right now, break time. Would you want to say something? Because you got to go net speed. He's got his headphones on. Yeah, well, I kind of to the whole point because we're kind of. I know someone who's going through this now. Like they don't. They have Frontier, but they're upgrading their service. Right. So it's ironic that his plan mentions the modem and the router and stuff like that. Right. Well, those once you're getting to the gig speed, those devices usually cost a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting the gig speed, he's getting to 100, 150. You right. might be able to save a little bit too on hardware. You're right. Yeah, Even excellent point. point. Excellent point. Yeah, that's why he's on the payroll. <laughs> 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 All right, so keep going, Joe. Or take a break. What do you want me to do? All right, keep going. We're going to go to Joan in Weathersfield next. What's happening, Joan? Hi. Hi. Um, I'm interested in buying a new router because mine, I think, has probably been around for too long, and it feels like it's a little bit shaky. Um, and I was just wondering um, what you might recommend. Um, my place is about 1,200 square feet, and it's upstairs, downstairs, um, mm-hmm. and it's a attached condo on one side. So okay. I was looking, I don't know. Um, right now I have a Netgear, and I like it, but I know there are others. I know I looked around a little bit, maybe the Netgear Nighthawk or... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, anyway, I was just wondering what your recommendations might be. I like the Netgears. I like the Linksys uh, as well. I've had some good luck with that myself. Um, you know, anything, in, it depends on how much you want to spend. Uh, it sounds like you don't have too much space to cover there. So as long as the router is up in your in your area where you live and, you know, you've kind of treated it like your coffee maker, like it needs to be treated as if it's the most impl- important appliance of your home these days. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To get it up uh, up in your living area. Um if you spend, you know, anywhere around two hundred dollars on a on a Netgear or a Linksys, I think you'll do well for that space. Yes. Okay. Um, now I've heard that the Netgear are a little bit harder to um, to get up and running. Well, um, that, that be- would be news to me. Yeah, really? it's pretty I've, easy. I've set up quite a few Netgear routers over the years. Okay. Uh, though that and Linksys and Cisco, a few others. Although he is a professional. <laughs> no, I'm talking about home routers. No, I know you are. Oh, that's true. So, well, that I've helped set up for my friends. Okay. Right. And but you have a lot of na- background and knowledge. About it's <laughs> typically, it, the last time I did one was just about a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it what it does is when you power it up, if you have like a laptop connected to it or something like that. Yep. It goes through a wizard, and it just leads you through all of these questions about how to get it going. Nice. And when it's done, it reboots, and that's it. Password changes required? Yes, Good. because it will tell you to change it. Also, it comes, at least the Netgears do, mm-hmm. come with a prepackaged 
uh, burned-in password that's unique to the device. Oh, that's good. Yes, and it will be on a physical sticker on the on the router, and that's you good. can leave it alone if you want and mm-hmm. just use yeah. that. Yep. And it should be secure, but I still advise that you create your own. Yeah, very good. So, and, so and that's year, all that it is. You just go through a wizard. It asks you different things, and then, like I said, at the end it'll reboot, and mm-hmm. then it goes. Yeah, that's it. What do you have for a modem, Joan? You know, I don't even know. <laughs> it, well, it might. I think. It, I don't remember. It's okay. It might come from your internet provider, and that's fine. Um, but yeah. if you're out there buying stuff, um, mm-hmm. you may want to consider looking to see if you're renting that modem because you can save a lot of money if you went and bought your own modem for the service you're using. Okay. And is there one that you would recommend? In this case, I always recommend whatever the internet provider recommends. So if you go to a Staples and you say, hey, I've got Cox or Comcast, they're going to have Cox or Comcast recommended modems. Don't okay. try to find quote-unquote, the best modem out there. Just find the one they recommend okay. so that they're, you're not going to have an issue. And then you're going to have to call them up, give them the MAC address, and uh, bring. you're going to then drive your modem to their place, and you're going to get your discount on your bill, hopefully. Okay. Okay, I mean, I, just because I'm um, upgrading the router doesn't necessarily mean that I have to upgrade the modem. It does not. Right? It does okay. not. Okay. Okay. Yeah, one, pro- one problem at a time, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and just out of curiosity, I mean, do you recommend the combined modem routers? No, no. Okay, I don't either, but um, I was at Best Buy last night, and that's what the guy said he had, and I said, ah, that doesn't sound like such a good solution. Nope. Um, Right, okay. Just wanted to... uh, No, you will always get better performance out of both if they are separate. Okay. And you also have the option of replacing either one separately if there's a problem or if you just decide that you want something a little better. Troubleshooting's easier as well. And, yeah, you can have too. a modem in the basement if you want, and you can then run a Cat5 cable up to your router located mm-hmm. up in the center of your living space. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, then. All right. Thank you so much. All right, Joan, yep, good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. So we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. I think Joey's letting me go to the top of the hour, it feels like, huh, Joey? 58, okay. So feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. And as we wait for your calls, what do you got there, Dennis? You want to bring something up? Well, um, we have a problem that Microsoft had this week. Um, As we know, it was Patch Tuesday, this past Tuesday, and Microsoft released updates for all their current operating systems. Uh, That includes Windows 10, Windows 11, and a whole raft of different versions of Windows Server. And interestingly enough, some of those server updates weren't actually very good. They were awful. Can you imagine that, Eric? I can, and it's it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. What what happened is that these servers would actually go into boot loops where it would start up, it would get to Windows, and then boom, it would restart. Now, that's not a good thing if you're a business or any any company, whether your server's in the cloud or on-prem. Right. If they updated, this would occur. Your your Hyper-V server would have the same issue no matter where it was sitting. And, oh. of course, they recommend you stay current. And, of course, all of our technologies out there for our clients make sure that happens. Yes. So when you have many, 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 many servers that have the update, what happens in the morning? You get all kinds of problems, many calls. It's a big deal. Big nightmare. And then another problem with some of these updates was the Hyper-V service yep. that lets a machine runs a lot of different virtual servers right. 
that was just shot. So the server would be up and running, right? But all the virtual machines that you need never start, right? And you effectively have a powered up brick sitting on your floor or on your rack or wherever it is, yeah. And or they, in your cloud or in your data center, which yeah. you make sure we add all the areas where yeah. that piece of hardware will sit. Well, that's, that's where it happens. Microsoft actually went through the effort of removing those updates, and then apparently they've re- they've released them back. Fixed. So I hope that they're fixed. Yeah, I hope. But I'm just going to ask you, Eric. Do you think those updates are fixed? I, you know, I, I would say no. I mean, how? What? It's that they're a multi-trillion-dollar company that is okay with sending out product like this to us. We're like, I feel like we're victims. Of Microsoft all the time, you know. We just want to have our systems work, man. We just want to be able to do our CRM. We just want to go and have the ability to schedule our patients. We just want to be able to calculate if we're making money or not. And all Microsoft is is the operating system below, and they don't test it to see if it's going to cause they, a problem. Um, Clearly, they in didn't. answer in answer to the question that you have and millions of people do. Millions, they literally. no longer have the quality control operation that they used to. It has been shut down. And when you consider what, what it was when Five they, or six they used years to, ago. used to goes back to many versions. I mean, when, would you say would that be maybe Windows 3.1 was maybe when that was the time they had quality control? I don't know. Actually, they did back when Windows NT. 7 was current. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we can tell we're, we're very bitter and jaded. We're going to be here till <laughs> 11 o'clock. Because, I mean, we've had a lot, we'd have a lot more hair dentists if we didn't have all these Microsoft issues. Well, you better believe it. Feel free to get online. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.